Hey, good people. This is your boy, Marvin Rashad, host of The Beard Always Wins. Yes, The Beard Always Wins. It's a movement. It's a podcast. More importantly, it's a lifestyle. And one, we're also so grateful and thankful that you all are listening to. And as you already know, it's a podcast. So you can find us everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Apple, uh, iTunes, Google Play, and we're even on Spotify now. So just look us up, and we do thank you all for supporting the podcast. Today we have a special guest, my good friend, uh, we are actually polar opposites when it comes to sports and everything. Uh, but my good friend Joseph Moore is on. He's going to tell you about one of the, he's a friend of the podcast, and you heard us talk about LT Stogies. And he's going to give you a little bit more insight on LT Stogies as we go on through the day. Uh, and this is really just to help you all go through your day and, you know, and share the light on some on different topics. Because we all, no one has the same views, but at the same time, conversation is needed so with that being said i'm gonna pass it over to my good friend joseph and joseph just tell people a little bit more about lt stogies yeah man first of all man I, I appreciate you know the plug and everything uh actually lt stogies um been in business for probably probably about a year you know and it is home based you know it was started by you know uh, a local guy one of my good friends a guy named uh tony cosby and another one of my good friends a guy named Aaron odom I'm more of an uh, an associate. Those guys are really the owners. You know, those guys are really the ones that put in the work, work. Um, all of the cigars, all of the stokes and everything, man, is is completely hand-rolled, you know. Um, and like I said, it's, it's a locally-owned black business. And, you know, we're trying to really just push the product, man, and, and, and get out there. You know, it's something different. It's something new. It's something fresh, you know, for our culture and for our community. Um but you can go you can go on www.ltstogies.com and check us out. Awesome, awesome. So with that being said, it kind of brings us right on to what I really wanted to talk to you about, like the importance of black entrepreneurship in our communities. Uh, like why is it lacking or, you know, I see a new wave like with this generation and our generation as well as they are starting their own businesses and they are finding different uh, avenues of to to access funds so can you just expound on why it's so important that our youth in our community know about entrepreneurship and how to own your own brand and your own business well i think man you know number one that is it's extremely important and i was just talking to my son about this today actually you know uh i think it all reverts back to generational wealth you know and not only generational wealth is giving your your sons another option you know, for not your sons, but your your kids, you know, and your family, another option, you know, as they get older or maybe if they, you know, they, they want to go in this direction with their career and it may not work out the way that they planned on it to work out. They still have that option of that, that family business. You know, I still got mom and dad that I can lean on with this family business, you know, and furthermore, like I said, what you're doing as us as a culture, if we're creating these businesses now, by the time that we're ready to pass that business on, the plan should be to have that business grown by that time. And then all that you have to do is just pass the baton. Gotcha. And that's how we create not only generational wealth, but cultural connections as well. You know, that's that's kind of it kind of reminds me of Black Wall Street. All right. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Cause I know we, we, we talked about this uh, beforehand uh, a while ago, but when we talk about education, right, do you think that we may have steered, we, we may have been steered in the wrong path um, as far as 
our pursuit of education uh, as far as like the importance of going to college versus, hey, why not you just go and get a trade first, master that trade, then go ahead and go back to school to get your business know-how or link up with somebody um, who has the business know-how so that we can start this business and push it in the right direction. What you, what you, what's your take on that? I mean, yeah, I, I think to, it's kind of a yes and no, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, your education is important, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and going to college, you know, that is a, a, a milestone, you know, for mm-hmm. a lot of families, a lot of people, but in the same in the same breath, you know, I, I do think that there was a lack of uh, motivation, you know, for us to to look into trades and, you know, to learn how to do different things like uh, gardening, you know, balancing a checkbook, how to start a business, how to write a business plan, you know, um, how to form an LLC, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I didn't learn how to do stuff like that until I was in my mid-30s, you know what I'm saying? Um so, yeah, I, I think to a degree, and, and nowadays, you know, I, mean, I don't want to deter anyone from, you know, going to a traditional college, but in more more cases than not, what we're finding is that um, people are just going into extreme debt, period. Yeah. You know, you're going into extreme debt, and then you're finding yourself with this degree, and you're not able to apply it to, to anything, you know, uh, with what you went to school for. You know, luckily... I was blessed and fortunate enough um, because I didn't go to a traditional college. Like, I went to a trade school, you know, um, coming straight out of high school, man. And, you know, back when we was coming out of high school, trade schools were really kind of, quote, unquote, looked down upon. Yeah. You know, and they were really kind of frowned upon. Like, that ain't no real college. You ain't going to, you know, it was really my mom that really encouraged me because I can remember her telling me, you know, like, son, I'm telling you, you know, 10, 20 years from now, this is going to be the new wave. This is going to be what people are, are needing. I don't know how she knew that. I don't know what she knew that I didn't know, but luckily I'm a mama's boy. Yeah. So whatever my mama said was going to be gold to me. You know what I'm saying? So I went that route, man. So, you know, like you said, but I, I, I think definitely to a degree, you know, that we weren't given enough education in that particular lane. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cause you know, like I know, um, I worked in construction. Um, uh, my uncles had, you know, uh, fields or crop, crop uh tobacco and you know pick watermelons and everything and you're right it was kind of looked frown 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 on uh back then you know right and i, I can remember saying like being out there in the field sweating throwing catching watermelons saying lord it's got to be a better way to a make better it. way <laughs> <laughs> than this. that's right and for me you know i joined the army um but yeah. you know but, but but when i go back now i'm thinking about it and I'm thinking, man, I should have plucked my uncle, you know, got some more wisdom from my uncle. I'm just ready right. to get two weeks over with. But I should have went more into agriculture and more into um you know, uh like when I worked with uh Jazz Construction. Like I think right. I should have stayed in that lane so I could have started my own business, whether it was in construction or, you know, going the farming route. So tell me, like, so in today's culture, because I know I've, I've spoken to some to some youth, and I know that you actually, and one of the things I, I look up to you and I applaud you guys for, um, like, the with, with the uh, Kings United Foundation, with you guys working with the youth, um, how, 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 for me, when I talk to them, to kids about agriculture, you know, um, actually, yeah, you probably should join uh, FFA. Um, they kind of yeah. they look at me like I'm crazy. So how was it with you when you you know the youth that you work with? If you when you guys mentioned those things, 
Honestly, man, it's, it's, it's really a process. And I was just talking with someone about this last week when it comes to dealing with um, the youth, the, the youth, I'm sorry, and the, um, the success that I've had, you know, with the program is that I make myself relatable to them first. Yeah. We're not going to even discuss, you know, any any type of, you know, starting your own business and doing this and that, uh, you know, uh, in life at first. At first, I make myself relatable to them. And that's why a lot of these new hip hop artists, you know, that are, are being put out, you know, I'm on it. You know, the lingo, I'm on it. That way, when I do present myself to them, I could come down to their level and then bring them up to my level now we can have a conversation you know about uh starting your own business and you know getting knowledge uh going up going up this lane you know in order to accomplish this you don't have to necessarily go to a traditional college you know and i, I ask them a lot of times you know well, what is it that you'd like to do because in most cases when you're talking about starting up your own business in order to be successful find something that you like to do and capitalize on that or find a need, you know, find something that's needed in today's society and see if you can figure out a way to make it better. Yes, sir. You know, and in most cases, you know, by this time, my mentees and I, we built a brotherly relationship. So they're more apt to sit down and listen to what I have to say, because I, I tell them off rip, I'm not here to be a dictator. I'm not here, you know, to be this authoritative figure you know, to, to come down hard on you. I'm just here to say, hey, bro, I've, I've walked down this lane before. I can tell you probably where the speed bump's at and where the crater's at, so you need to maneuver this kind of way. Yeah. It, it, that's sort of like me. Like, when I, whenever I give advice, like, I never really tell people what they should do, but I always tell them what they shouldn't do. Like, no, this, right. you do not want to do this because of X, Y, and Z. Or, you right. know what, if you want to know why you shouldn't do this, do me a favor, go, you see Hill Street Bulls? Look right. under the tree. <laughs> right. Right past that tree, you see the same people there all the time. That's Bingo. that's why you don't want to do that. So my, my next question, uh, well, not my next question, but just want to, uh, so if people want to support the Kings United movement, how can they do that? Oh, man, they can, uh, you know, they, but first of all, they can check us out on, on Facebook. You know, all they got to do is put in Kings United LLC or either Kings United Foundation you know, but if anybody wants to get in contact with us, they can hit us up at motivatedkings at gmail.com, you know, and, um, you know, our main thing is we are looking to link up, you know, with, with other uh, organizations, you know, foundations, you know, the, the whatever we can do to help our community, to help progress our community, you know, on, on many different platforms, you know, um, one of our biggest, one of our biggest agendas has been to give out as many scholarships, you know, um, as we possibly can, you know, and I think this last year, we well, the year before that, we were able to give out three five hundred, um, three five hundred dollar scollarships. But this year, we had to scale it back to just five one five hundred because of COVID. That killed a lot of our fundraising um, efforts, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, from a from a cultural standpoint, man, from a motivational standpoint, from an educational standpoint, you know, we're we're trying to, to touch our culture and give them knowledge that they're not necessarily going to get in the traditional school system, you know, about the kings and the queens and the gods and goddesses that they come from. Because what most people, I don't know about yourself, Mon, but when I graduated, just based off of what we were taught in school, I thought that we came directly from slavery. I thought we just we just came from slaves. 
Yeah. You know, but what the kings, what we ask is, well, what was black people doing before slavery? Yeah. And that's going to open up a whole entire another world, you know, and that's one of the first questions that I normally ask my mentees. And then we teach from pre-slavery. And I tell them slavery is not a part of your history. It was just a speed bump along the way. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's it's, it's uh, crazy that I was just uh, talking to one of my friends. And he was, because, uh, you know, everybody knows I'm a minister. Um, but he, he was asking me about, um, you know, about Christianity and say, hey, is Christianity the white man's religion? And the answer to that is actually no, it's not a white man's religion. This is a religion that was started in Africa. You look at Egypt. The first church is in Ethiopia. Moses' wife is Ethiopian. Now, right. you go and you watch the movie with Charleston Heston, who's a white man. You watch Cleopatra, who's a white woman. It's been a whitewash. They whitewashed exactly. You know, for entertainment purposes. It's yep. not accurate. Um, now, I never tell anybody what to believe in everything. I just tell you how it's affected my life. But the one thing I always try to get out there and get ahead of and just say, no, it's not, you know, don't think of, if, if you if you want to think of religion and is it, look, just look at the map. Right, right. And tell me where these melanated people, these people of melanin, these people of color, where they came from. That picture... Oh. Of Jesus that you see in the wall, that white man, that's not Jesus. He that's did not, not look like that. There's no way he could look like that. Right. That's Caesar Borgia's who it is, you know. Like you said, man. I mean, even if you go and look at the uh, the, the, the Egyptian walls, you know, those those images on the walls have been whitewashed now yeah. to today's society. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's, it's definitely been some, some editing that has happened yeah. throughout. In man. fact... I think I forgot what war it was, but they went through and shot the nose off all of the the sphinxes. I think. The, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. That but that, you know that's that's a, another topic. That's another topic for another day. Um, right. So, um, with that being said, I want to. I really want to talk about because uh, you mentioned COVID. Um, now, I in our city, um, our slow city, according to Ti, uh, <laughs> but in our city, of Valdosta, uh, it's been mandated that we that we wear masks everywhere we go, um, especially in public places. And I see a lot of uproar on social media, and with you being in the medical profession, in the medical field, um, tell me, how do you feel about it? I mean, personally, you know, I, I've been calling for this from, from day one, you know, from the whole, for the, for the, from the whole situation. You know, um, I think it's, to me, I've, I've been comparing it to seatbelts in the 80s. I don't know if you can remember back in the 80s at one point, you know, we didn't wear seatbelts. You no. know, it, it, we didn't wear seatbelts in the 80s, you know, and maybe the early, early 90s. Car you know, and, what are you talking about? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, we didn't we didn't have any of these things. You know, um, as a matter of fact, if you had on a seatbelt, you was kind of considered to be lame or, or, or not cool. You know what I'm saying? You got on the seatbelt for what? But then it got to a point to where people were dying left and right, you know, in, in car crashes. Yeah. Well, hey, there's a way to decrease the deaths by doing what? Taking safety precautions and putting on a seatbelt, you know, and this is kind of along the same lines of that. And see, I think what a lot of people don't understand, man, and it, it kind of, you know, makes me feel a certain type of way when, you know, you, you and before I say this, so let me go ahead and say I'm one of the biggest conspiracy theorists breathing. <laughs> I am. You know, I've always 
look deeper than just the surface. I don't take nothing for face value. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's always a hidden agenda behind mostly everything. But with this COVID thing, man, when I'm looking at it every single day, when I go to work, I've seen people's lungs that look like thunderstorms on the inside of your lungs. I've seen the round opacities, you know, and I can look at COVID and, and know that this is COVID now. So when I hear people saying that it's not real or it's some kind of government conspiracy, you know, um, it makes me feel some kind of way when I'm going and I'm seeing people, you know, deal with this condition. I dealt with this condition. You know, I have some extremely close loved ones that have dealt with this condition, you know. And like I said, it's, you know, it's, it's a real thing. So I think that the, the mask mandate is a good thing. And at the end of the day, man, you know, I hear a lot of people. Well, I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, well, it's a violation of my rights. And, you know, if if someone asking you to put on a mask when you go outside of your house for an hour, a couple of hours, if you really feel like that's a, a violation to your rights, then your mind is matriculating in a way that I can't comprehend. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like they're asking us to drink liquid metal yeah. or, eat, or eat plastic. You know what I'm saying? It's just a small inconvenience, and let's see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Now, if, if five, six months from now, there hasn't been any change, you know, of any type of decline, then you may have an arguing point. But my thing is, at this point, we haven't even tried this yet. We haven't gone up this lane yet, and it's not going to kill anybody, yeah. you know? So, for me personally, I like it. Me too. I I like it too because the one thing I I, I always like since this this happened, I said, hey, you know, wearing a mask. At first, I was like, why is that? Why is everybody walking around here looking like ninjas? Like it took some, it took a while to get used to it. Now right. it's to the point. Oh, I can see your face. You're something's wrong with you. Stay away from me. Um, right. You know that right. that's how I went from like whoa, everybody looks like ninjas to now. Hey, this is what you're supposed to look like when you go out. But the one thing about that I that I, I've learned is that the mask is not to keep you from getting it, it's to keep you from spreading it. Because yeah. the the most um, dangerous people, and I was talking to Nick Nick uh, Nick Smith, who's a friend of the podcast, by the way. Uh, okay. t- me and Nick Nick was telling people say, hey, you know, like people like me and you could be the the biggest spreaders of the disease because we could we could ca- catch it and not have any symptoms and then spread it to everybody else because. We don't wear a mask, you know, uh, and like, do you want that on your conscience saying, well, dang, I gave this disease to my mom and my mom's not dead, you know, like, um, to me, in all honesty, you know, that, cause you see people putting out, you know, what, what the statistics show this and the statistics show that. And to me, and I've been saying this also from the beginning, the most dangerous aspect of the condition is the fact that it is asymptomatic. So you can't, the numbers mean nothing to me because you don't know who all has it because if you're asymptomatic, you're not going to show any signs or symptoms. Therefore, you're not going to even go to get swabs, you know, but you can indeed affect the next person and they can end up on a ventilator. Now, the, um, the particular mass that, we're seeing the most, which are the cloth masks. Those are the masks that are designed to keep you from spreading it. But once you get into the N95 masks, those work both ways. Like yeah. those are to keep you from contracting it as well. And see, at my job, man, we're having to wear the P100s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know what, I'm pretty sure you know what the P100 is. You know, it's an actual gas mask. Yeah. 
you know, that's and see, that's why when you get somebody in the medical profession, you know, we're not necessarily going to we don't really want to hear about you complaining about having to wear, you know, a cloth mask for one or two hours to run errands when we we wearing a P100 some days for four and five hours at a time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that it's just a responsible thing to do, man. Yeah, you know, like, and, you know, listen, to all the first responders out there, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much. You probably don't hear it. You don't hear it enough. So thank you to all the first responders and um, everybody that's out there that's fighting the good fight. Um, now, this is where we, uh, me and you are going to start to differ. Are you ready for it? Let's go. Let's go. All right. So you being, uh, the, I think you are part of the last class of play for the great and honorable Nick Hyder. Oh, here we go. Let's go. All right. Um, went to that school on Forest Street, but because of you, that's what I usually refer to. <laughs> but because of you, you play for the great Nick Hyder at the historic and legendary Valdosta High School. Now, Absolutely. here is something that I've, I've had a theory on this, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had this for a while. A lot of people don't agree with me, but just hear me out here, right? Um, People always say, man, Valdosta fell off. Valdosta fell off. Valdosta fell off. My response to it was, listen, the reason why Valdosta hasn't had the success that they once had is primarily because of the population and how it was dispersed throughout the county. The city didn't get any bigger. Everybody moved to the county. Lowndes County now has a, what, triple the amount of students. They have a deeper talent pool. In fact, Valdosta High is one of the was one of the smaller schools playing in. Is it was it six A at the time? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're one of the smaller schools. Um, so yes, they're going to have some success, but to expect them to compete year in year out at the highest level in that but that Valdosta tradition is. And let me stop and just say this. Listen, I don't care where you where you what you say, and. But my Viking fans gonna be might be looking at me sideways. But listen, if you didn't look at that school on Far Street and be motivated to be to beat them, a lot of teams didn't. A lot of people didn't. Right. Um, but if that didn't motivate you and say, hey, you know what, we want to be like them and start something, then you're lying to yourself. I don't care what nobody say. But what what do you think from the time that you left high school um, to now? Uh, why why do you think there was a fall off? Uh, they killed the tradition. I'm going to be raw and, and very transparent about it because, you know, I do come from that era and, you know, I'm, we still are heartbroken about it. You know, the guys in, in, in my era, you know, they killed the tradition when they let Coach O'Brien go and they got rid of all of the old uh, staff, you know, and they got rid of a lot of the old traditions except for the banging of the 10, you know, and, and, you know, uh, the board of education and everybody back then, you know, they kept saying, well, we want a, we want a new tradition. We want things to go in a new direction. And you know how the old saying goes, you got to be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I really hated, I hated it for, for, for those kids, you know, because, and it's not to take nothing away from them because they went out there and they put their heart on the line, you know, with the atmosphere that they were given. But they killed the old tradition when they let Coach O'Brien go. The, the tradition left with him. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't, even when we were in high school, man, you know, um, even with, with Coach Hyder, you know, we weren't always necessarily the biggest team, the strongest team, or the fastest team. It was our mind frame. He, he had literally, in my opinion, hypnotized us into thinking that we weren't capable of losing. It's kind of like 
when when you and I when we played for the Chargers back at the boys club, which is the <laughs> best the best Pee Wee football team <laughs> in the history of football teams to ever step on a football field. Nineteen ninety eight. Lee office and equipment charge. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. That's our team. That's our yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> you better know it. You know what I'm saying? So, but the point I'm making is, you know, when we played with the Chargers, you know, we couldn't, we never think about losing ever. Like, I never even entered into our, our thought process. And see, what's the, I'm going to tell you, what's that happened is, but Austin has been on the downtrod for so long. The kids that when they come to the high school now, they think that's the norm. They think that this is the way things have just always been. But also, this has always been a above-average, above-mediocre school. So they think that, you know, consecutive losses is the norm. It's no big deal to them, opposed to when we were out there from the 80s all the way up to the 90s, I probably could have counted on two hands total how many times I ever seen but to lose. So when we got to high school, we already thinking we don't lose. We ain't supposed to lose. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I think that when they let um, Coach O'Brien go, man, they they let the tradition go. And at the end of the day, they got what they wanted. They wanted a new tradition, and they they got one. Yeah, and you know, like, and the one thing I like, I I, I only root root against Valdosta once once a year, right? right. <laughs> that, that, right. I'm being right. completely honest. Here. I had nephews play, uh, my friends. They, their kids play, um, and I only root against them once a year, and I always wanted to see them play. Now, the one thing that I and I can tell you, this is I'm disappointed because I'm looking at the plaque on the wall now. Um, was in 1996 where we <laughs> lost to Brookwood, and oh, yeah, man. but I was hoping, and I was it, it, it just would have done wonders if we would have won and been able to play, have a rematch. Oh man. <laughs> um, yeah, Man, I can remember that night, man. Um, when listening to y'all on the radio, man, that was that was, you know, one time. Well, first of all, I always went to y'all if y'all were playing against us anyway, because you know, like you said, some of my closest brothers, yourself, Dwayne Elwood, you know, Jay Ball and Mike Hughes, yeah. you know, they're as far as I'm concerned. But I can remember that um, that night, man, when y'all played Brookwood, man, I was so upset with y'all for losing that game. <laughs> 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 yeah. I was so upset with y'all for losing that game, man. And, but you, but you know what's crazy when you when you say, um, and I hate to make you relive this, but um, but when you say like we actually didn't feel like we just knew y'all won the state championship. I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't go to the right. game. We just right. oh man, because it's like because we felt like we played our worst game against uh, <laughs> our two worst games. We felt like we played our worst game against you guys when you and you guys won. And we played our worst game against Brookwood. And even with our worst game against Brookwood, we only lost by, like, a touchdown, right? So we felt like there was no way, you know, no way with the, with the talent that you guys had that you guys were going to lose. Um, what happened that night? Just, like, from, from you as a player on the field, like, like but did everything just not bounce your way? Like, what, what happened? I've never had the opportunity to ask anybody this question. I think, man, you know, and I don't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we know what happened. Like, the players on the team, we know exactly what happened. And it's just something that, you know, kind of the guys on the team, we go back and forth, and then we'll just leave it alone. You know, because, you know, it's we get finger pointing and yeah. stuff like that. You know, and, and the score reflects, you know, who the finger should be pointed at. But, you know, I think, well, I know it was, you know, a few guys that kind of showed up. 
thinking that we were going to just show up and win. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And and they kind of forgot we got to go out there and actually play the game. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys, you know, regardless of what we may think of them, they're in the championship also. So yeah. they, they've been beating people too. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, I think that the offensive scheme that we had put together that night, I don't think that it was – this is just my personal thoughts. I don't think that we we utilized the right offensive scheme. I think that there was too much run and not enough pass. You know what I'm saying? Um, because you got to take into consideration, I was a 6'4", 185-pound wide receiver. Fred was 6'1", you know, um, mm-hmm. 4'4", wide receiver. You know, 4'4", speed wide receiver. We had Reggie Mosley, All-American at VSU. You know, so our receiving core was strong, and I bet you we probably passed maybe, maybe ten times, maybe. You know, so it got to a point to where they knew that we was going to either go run left, run right, yeah. and they would, you know, they were kind of blowing our offensive line off the ball a little bit. But I just think that the right offensive scheme wasn't utilized, and I think that it was just some other guys, man, that you know took them took them guys lightly, too lightly. Yeah. Like now, the one thing I can say, and that, that I remember, and it didn't matter where when I played against you guys. And I think y'all start running this play when y'all as soon as y'all got it by the Austin Junior High. But <laughs> it, it, y'all would trap. Y'all would have this trap play. Mm-hmm. And it looked the same from the seventh grade on up to the varsity team. Right? What uh, was that play called? It was a trap. Oh, I couldn't I could I know what play you're talking about, but I can't I can't remember none of the names. Don't listen, the only play that I remember from high school is QP ninety fade. That was <laughs> it was coming to me. Yeah. I knew it was coming to me. But um but but no them, that that trap yeah, that trap play that you're talking about, that was uh that was Nate's specialty. I know. I know. In yeah. fact in fact, uh I got I was on the front page getting stiffed on by Nate Rogers that Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> that next Saturday. On that same trap play, and I, I just and I just knew I had him. I can't even sit here and lie. I, I yeah. like, yes, got him. Yeah. And now that Noah, he stiffed on me, and then they put it in the paper. Yeah, man, they were the whole dude <laughs> was shifting, man. He was shifting with the the just the football knowledge that he had, and you you combine that with his speed, dude was a problem, man. Yeah, he, he, was, really he was, was he was a beast. One of the between him, I would say Joe Burns, Edward Mack, uh, Daryl Morrell. Oh man! And uh, oh, man. what's the guy's name uh, from Coffee? Lewis Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lewis Smith. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Cedric Tyson as well. Like those. Yeah, we used to red shoes. Red shoes. Yeah, those were like the yeah. best like running backs I've ever played against. Ever. Yeah, man. Them guys, guys. Them guys were some monsters, man. So I want to ask you about this upcoming season. You got Rush Pro at the helm, taking over. Right. A lot of controversy. A lot of stuff comes along with Rush. Um, how do you feel about this upcoming season? Like, oh, I'm man, I'm I'm you know if there is a season, you know I'm uh, I'm very encouraged about you know uh, the energy that he's he's bringing, and just to be honest, you know the program hasn't had this type of atmosphere and excitement around it since we left, you know, um, high school, man. So you know, as far as the energy that he's bringing you know, to the program and the support that he's brought to the program, you know, I'm I'm super excited about that, man, you know. And as far as, you know, like I say, you know, all of the outside allegations and all of that stuff, you know, at the end of the day, 
100% of human beings have skeletons in their closet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just that he's on a different platform than most people. And the reason that I can sympathize with what he's having to endure is because, you know, myself and my brother, we kind of grew up in that type of atmosphere, like with my pops. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? It was just like anything that went on with our family, it was going to be amplified by 30. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Compared to, you know, the neighbor or whomever or whatever doing the same thing or going through the same trials, ain't nobody going to know about it. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a lot of stuff that, that you know, people are, 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 or a lot of fires that people are putting him in. And there's other coaches that sitting in the same fire. They're just not as known as yeah. They just don't, don't have that platform. And I, I'll be right. honest with you, you know, as, as a fan of the um, – the, you know, as a diehard Viking, I'm excited. I'm excited for the first time. I think in the history of our city, both schools have brand new coaches. Both of them yep. come from that from the state of Alabama. Um, they, I think, uh, yeah, I think they actually coached against each other time or two. I'm not sure, yeah. uh, but I, I, it's a it's a it's a great time. And what I'm hoping for is that. You know, Valsa bring home state championship, and Lions bring home a state championship, and we and you see exactly why it's really called Wintersville. Now, I want to um, I want to come back something. So, when you said if there's going to be a uh, a a football season, but the one thing that we do know is that the NBA they have boycotted the, the uh, game five. We had we saw, um, I think baseball, uh, soccer. In the WNBA, they all, all they, they they boycotted over this. Um, what's going on? What do you where do you think that the when it comes to police in the black community or just police in general, uh, where do you think the 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 disconnect is and where you think the main issue lies? Because I can remember when you know at one point in time being a police officer was an honorable job, and I still think it is. Um, it takes a lot of courage. But what what do you think needs to happen for, you know, to get to get back right? In honesty, and in, in all honesty, and, and this may be a reach, you know, especially right now with the with the civil unrest that we have. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to take anything less than both quote unquote sides of the situation sitting down and having an open ended conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't understand the world that we were placed in. You know what I'm saying? They don't understand the trial that we have to deal with, and it doesn't affect their life, so they don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't They don't care. So me personally, you know, I've always felt threatened by the, by the police, whether they, you know, looking at me or watching me, or not, you know, and I'm sure that you probably felt some of the same type of pressure when the police get behind us. I can tell you exactly what I do. I'm checking my mirror 90 times over the next minute. You know what I'm saying? I'm already easing my uh, my my license, you know, out of the glove compartment so I don't have to reach for it. It's going to be right there. One of my homeboys, man, he, he got to the point where he actually take his, uh, his license to his steering wheel so he don't have to make any movements. Yeah. They could just see it right there, you know, but I I think that it's going to take, you know, um, an an open-ended conversation, you know, between both parties. Because at the end of the day, you know, all police aren't bad. 
Yeah. And on the other end of that spectrum, all black people aren't bad. All white people aren't racist. You know, um, but like I say, it's it's, it's going to take a, a an open and an honest conversation because me personally, I would love to sit down and talk to a police officer because I want to understand how your mind is matriculating when you when you pull over a black man. Why are so many black men being shot as the first option? Yeah. You know, that seems to be the first option. Now. That's, that's the first reaction. So I have a problem with that. I have a huge problem with that. Yeah, you know, you I know have, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I have, like, for instance, like, with the incident that just happened with Jacob Blake, right? Absolutely. Um, in, a, in a way, because I tried to put myself in the officer's shoes, right? Right. Just, I can understand how he was fearful for his life. He went, he went, and then he shot him. The one shot... I probably I could understand that, but seven, multiple, seven, seven shots. I can't. I can't. I can't. That's right. excessive. That's just way more. Mm-hmm. It, that's excessive force. And then, um, like with the the guy, uh, I don't even know his name, but he's a terrorist. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I call him. The one that shot up the uh, protest. Um, the the um, the, uh, B, the BLM uh, protest. Yeah, like he's a terrorist. Like. My my, I think what what what's gonna have to happen is that we're gonna have to not us because we do it. We call it for what it is. Right. But the leaders of our country, they're gonna have to start denouncing this stuff openly and publicly and calling it what it is. Stop saying there's good people on both sides. Stop saying right. well if they had been uh, following the the curfew, this wouldn't have happened. Well, if your police officer would have stopped this this uh, guy, this white guy. Walking down the street with a loaded AR-15. Hello. Yes. Still there. Hello. Yo, you here? Okay, so we got a little. Let me see if we can get him back. Got a little technical difficulty, people, but it's all right. Hey, you there? Two, two. Okay. So, with that being said, um, as I was saying, a little technical difficulty, but hopefully he, he gives us a call back in. Um, and- hey, what's happening, good people? This is your boy Marvin Shaw, host of The Beard Always Wins. Yes, The Beard Always Wins. It's a movement, it's a lifestyle, more important than a podcast. Well, we're so grateful and thankful that you all are listening to. Had a little technical difficulty, but listen, we're back with part two. With a good friend of the podcast, Dallas Moore. Um, he's an affiliate of LT Stogies. And so uh, just give us a plug one more time. Go. Oh, yeah, man. LT Stogies, man. Uh, been in business, you know, like I said, for about a year. You can go check us out at www.ltstogies.com. And that's where you're going to find all the smoke. Gotcha. Gotcha. And matter of fact, uh, I told you on the first, I'm getting the mint ones. I only need two of the mint ones. Yes, sir. I got you. Because uh, my birthday on the 5th. So I need two, two. So quick, quick question. So a lot of people, I'm not a cigar smoker. So what would you pair um, that cigar with, that mint one? Oh, me, man. I I, I like Maker's Mark, man. You Maker's know, Maker's Mark. Mark. Really, either Maker's Mark uh, or uh, that's a rock Kanye. I haven't had that one. Is, they, is it good? Man, look, bro, when I tell you, in all honesty, to me, that's the best cognac on the market. I sit it up against anything at this point. It's a rock cognac. Anything. All right. I tell you what. This is what I'm gonna do. 
I'm gonna I'm stop by and grab that on the first. On my birthday, I'm gonna buy a bottle of that Ciroc Cognac. Now, if I don't like that Ciroc, I'm bringing it to you. He- <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> That's what's up, bro. I think you're gonna like it, though, man. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. What's that mint one? What What's the name of it? It's It's, it's mint. It's called Cinderella. Cindy Fella. Okay. I get Cinderella. Get me a Cinderella, and uh, that's a rock cognac, and I'm gonna see how that goes. Sell on the yes, front, sir. Sell on the back porch or the front porch. Just one of them. Somebody porch I'm gonna be sitting on. Yes, sir. Um, gonna be the best night of your life. Okay, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> but with that being said, you know, we was just talking about you know police reform and how how we can get into you know you said it needs to be a um uh, a sit down, and I totally agree. I 100 percent agree. But I also think we need to start. We need to get these people more training. Um, oh, yeah. Because in Germany, like, and this is something I didn't know, but something I probably should have known since I lived, lived over there, what, three, about seven years of my life. Um, like, the Polizei, the German police, they actually have to, they have the equivalent of a bachelor's degree. Right. And then they have one year on-the-job training after that. Right. Before they're actually, you know, let loose to go and be a police officer. And I think we need to adopt that as well. Because oh. you can't tell me this six months training is enough. Oh, man, yeah, I, I completely agree. And honestly, I, I never knew that there was such limited training in order to become a police officer. I didn't find that out, but like maybe last year, man, I always felt like, you know, there was an extensive amount of training before, you know, you were turned loose, you know, to, to quote unquote, you know, control different areas of society and I complete to me I was floored when I found out that you know like the, the amount of training is so limited yeah man so it really is just like Police Academy that movie remember the movie from right. the <laughs> 1 through 6 um, right. I think Police Academy 2 might have been the best one out of all of them it was <laughs> it, it really is like that so yeah it's crazy, yeah. crazy. Wow. Now, now you were telling me earlier that you like scary movies right Definitely. Did you a horror movie buff? Now I didn't enjoy yeah. scary movie. Uh, the best scary movie, and let me tell you why I don't watch scary movies. And I was horrified, at, you know, terrified as a kid. Um, two movies, The Birds, right? And, but listen, you got you got to hear me out. I was in Germany. I watched The Birds, right? I'm like four years old, four or five years old. We go, we go to, we go downtown. And the first thing we see is like this huge thing of crows just fly over, over us. Scared me. Scared me halfway to death. I'm like, I was trying to get, I was, my mom was like, what's wrong with you? I'm holding on to him. It was the birds. Uh, the second movie I watched at a way too young of age, The Exorcist, right? Yeah. Those things to me were very real. It could possibly happen. So I kind of shied away from horror movies. So let me, if you're going to recommend a horror movie, what, what, what's your favorite one? What, what do you think is the best one? Just a couple of them, man. Uh, good one on um, on Amazon Prime right now is what's called Hill House. Hill House Part 1. It's three parts of it, but the first part, man, you know, that's that's really got me tripping out. That and all of the paranormal activities. If I just had to make a recommendation, paranormal activities, all of them, but definitely watch Hill House, man. Definitely see, watch that. You see, I didn't like paranormal activities. Oh really? I thought it was just like a two-hour-long infomercial on Pasta Pete bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I need action. 
You, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I need something has to be happening. So I was just like, okay, I don't like this movie. Like, but see, you know what though? You know what? Like the whole, like the the, the way that we grew up, um, watching scary movies. Like that entire platform is changed to like a first person yeah. point of view. You know what I'm saying? And I think that the Blair Witch Project changed the game. You know what I'm saying? That's when it kind of started to to re, to revert to that lane from a first person point of view. Because the majority of the good scary movies now are kind of like documentary style if you if you will you know what i'm saying it's kind of like somebody carrying around a camera you know what i'm saying oh the grudge now the grudge is another good one you know um, i tell you this the one that just uh scared the life out of me and i literally (laughs) i literally left my house and went and spent the night with my cousin i was like hey bro like i uh (laughs) 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 when that ring when the ring first came out man back in 2001 yeah Hey man, I had to move around a little bit. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't stay to the house by myself that night, man. Now, now it is one that that I can honestly say that I truly enjoyed, um, and it scared me too a little bit. I think it's Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah, that was that was good, but I, I remember that I watched it early in the day because I'm watching this stuff in the daytime. I don't watch horror movies at night. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I, but I remember I watched it that day, and I remember when I woke up. I looked at my clock and it was the exact same time. I was like, "Lord Jesus!" Oh no, man! Yeah, been- yeah that was that, that one got to me. That was that was a good one. But I think what happened with me uh, when you said the um, uh, paranormal activity was the hype. I think the hype kind of killed it. Like when I, for me, I think it was overhyped. Like so, I, I think if I would have just found it and just watched it, I probably would have enjoyed it more. So tell me, uh, what? Movies do you think were just overhyped that didn't live up to the expectations? Um, as far as scary movies go, any movie it could be any movie. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. That'd be kind of I can't really think of nothing off the top of my head. I got two of them that I got like two, two of them. Um, the first one was Get Out. Like, okay. everybody was saying, you got to go see Get Out. Everywhere I went, my brother said, go see Get Out, go see Get Out. I saw it. It was a good movie, but it, like, the hype killed it. You know what I mean? Like, I was expecting <laughs> to be, like, blown away. But the right. kind of, you know, it didn't happen for me, you know? And then the second one was Superfly. Superfly, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I'll agree. I'll agree with Superfly. Now, I was, I was really, it's, it, it, it's not a bad movie. It just wasn't everything, you know, what everybody hyped it up to be. Yeah. You know, and like I could watch it again, you know, but it's going to be nothing that I'm going to be like super excited about and making an announcement. I'm about to go watch Superfly. Yeah, like Superfly, like I watched it and I was like, really? This is what y'all were going crazy about? Right, right. <laughs> like, it's decent. It's all right. But yeah, this ain't, I, I, I'm not recommending uh, this movie to, to anybody. Unless they just say, "Hey, if it's if it's on and you got nothing else to do, yeah, go ahead watch it." But for the most part, it was it kind of underperformed. Uh, let me let me ask you this question, right? And this is my take, and I get I got I get a lot of backlash on this. Mm-hmm. I think the Titanic sucks. I, I I think I ain't gonna say that it, that it sucks. It's just the length of it. I lose interest in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. 
And I watched it maybe three or four times, but it's like I've never been able to just sit down and just watch it straight through. Yeah, I I, I can't I can't watch it. I'm like sink the boat, just sink the boat already. <laughs> I ain't that bad. But no, I, I, I've never, you know, like been super crazy about it. You know, I've never sat down and watched it, you know, all that all at once. You know, another movie that I like, though, that's real long is uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. And, and Pearl Harbor got a bad rap. Right. It got right. slammed, but it was a good movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now, that one was underrated to me. Yeah. You know? I put that in my top five favorite movies of all time. Okay, so so what what, what are your top five favorite movies? Uh, probably well, Avatar is number one, and I don't care who got to say about what Avatar is my number one favorite movie. I can watch it all day, every day, any time of the day. Come with the what? nine foot blue cat people. Hey man, I love it. I, you know what? I like the cinematography of it. That's that's really what keeps my attention is the technology of it and the cinematography mainly. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, you got, you got, uh, you got Avatar, you know, you got, um, I like Gladiator is right. another one. I like Troy and actually Troy, I probably would put Troy at number two. All right. You got, you always Troy. Um, Friday, of course. All right. Uh, I put Friday at number three. Uh, you know what? Breaking. And a lot of people don't know nothing about breaking one and breaking two. <laughs> I know Turbo. about it. I got I got the DVDs in the room right now. All right, Turbo and Ozone, yeah. man. Okay. Uh, and probably, pro- honestly, probably Gremlins, the original scary movie. Yo, now that that movie is scary. Like, right. like <laughs> that's not a kids movie. It's not a kids movie, bro. At all. I showed it to the we showed it to the kids last year, and they were like, "This movie's scary." <laughs> <laughs> They were scared, man. I, I was like, I get it. I get it. I get right, it. I get it. Hey, look, I remember, man, after we left the scene that night, man, I got to bed with my brother, man. I was like, bro, hey, uh, I can't. I know Boosie was like, what you doing? What you doing? He was. I swear he was. I was like, you just got to deal with it, bro. I don't know what to tell you because I'm in here. I'm in here. Yeah, man. Like, the part that used to get me, uh, that got me when I was a kid, when they, when they was eating the chicken. Yes, sir. That's the part that, that got me. Like, yes, sir. Oh. Yeah, that's that's the OG of scary movies, man, to me. Yeah, I think um, so. I'm gonna give you my top five, right? And you go, you you might be a little shocked when I when I give it to you. So my my, my favorite movie of all time is Forrest Gump, followed okay. by The Lion King. Mm-hmm. I followed, can do that. followed by Coming to America. Fourth is The Devil Wears Prada. I know it's a chick flick, right? I can do- it's a, it's, it's it's a chick flick, but it's a good movie to me. And then fifth, um, it got to be Harlem Nights. No, oh, I'm lying. I, it's life. It's life. It's my fifth. Uh, yeah, I probably been have to go with Harlem Nights over life, man. That, cause it's strictly because that movie takes me back. To me and my dad watched that movie together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that me back to, to to that point in time. So it, it flip flops for me. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it. Cause like I can watch if I watch Life tomorrow, it's there. If I watch Harlem Nights the next day, then it's Harlem Nights. It flip flops. It, it's it really flip flops for me. Um, so let me ask you this question: Did you listen to Nas' new new album? I did listen to it, man. I, I sat out on the porch. I had to get in my own zone. You know, it's one of them albums you have. You know, Nas. 
you know, it's, it's, it's one of them apps you have to just sit down and get in your own little bubble. You know, you don't need no distractions. I need to, as far as for me, I need to sit down and I, I really need to try to receive the message that he's trying to portray. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, back in the day, we used to open up Source Magazine. They give them five mics. You give this a five mic? This, this a five Michael? Nah, nah, nah. Not, and, and it's just because of, you know, our expectations of Nah. I, I probably, you know, if, if you're going to base it on your expectations of what we're generally used to getting from Nah, I'd probably give it a maybe a strong three. Three? Yeah, I, yeah, gave, I, it, I gave it a three and a half borderline four, you know. Um, yeah. I do think it's this best work since uh, Still Matic, probably. You know, I agree with that. It's been a long time since Nas had a, a, a album that was just like, whoa, I like this. Um, right. They, they actually listen to from front to back. That's what, that's what I was going to say. Now, you can actually listen to it from top to bottom. You know what I'm saying? If you just really in the hip hop, if you're a true hip hop head, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you're you going to listen to it from top to bottom and, and appreciate it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can appreciate that album. That's, I guess that's the best way to that I um that I can put it I actually listened to it again and then on my way home from work man. so it's a solid piece of work. yeah like the, like the one he um now now one of your son's favorite rappers is on there and I was happy to see it AZ you know the firm was on there and um yeah. and I was happy with everybody's verse except Foxy yeah 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 was, Fox go ahead yeah I was it was lackluster at best I should say that <laughs> I was going to call it watered down but that same <laughs> Yeah, let's say that best. But overall, I think it's a, it's a solid project. Um, let me ask you this question here, since we're talking about music. So the whole Meg the Stallion, Tory Lanez thing, right? Uh-huh. Is Meg a snitch? Is it for saying, you know, people are calling her a snitch and people are, you know, backlashing? Just recently, the public, um, you know, you've seen more celebrities come out to defend her. But... It, I think it's wrong to call her a snitch. She got shot in the foot, and she still didn't try to tell anything. Right? No, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't call that snitching, man. You know, um, it just it, it may be some more details that have come out. You know, from from because all I really got was really the original story from when it first came out. I haven't really paid it too much attention since then. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I really just kind of know the black and white of it. I know he shot a girl in the foot. You know what I'm saying? So with me, you know, I don't. I don't see any reason to shoot a female in the foot, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand, you know, when you're in that moment and you're in your feelings and, you know, you may make some decisions that you regret, you know, the next day or later on or whatever, but I don't, as far as her, like you said, she didn't, she didn't, she got shot in the foot. People was going to know anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not something that you got. Bullet in your foot is not something that you can really just hide and, and, and push to this side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, people were going to find out about that anyway, so I don't feel like she was snitching. I felt like she just elaborated on what happened. Yeah, and you, and you know what's crazy? Like, when people... I think, like, the whole no snitching thing probably caused more harm than good. Um, the whole... You remember that, that campaign say, stop, stop snitching? Now, here's, here's the thing. I think snitching is if me and you, we, we finna go uh, rob this bank, we rob mm-hmm. the bank, I get caught, and then I turn around and give give you up so I, I get less time. Absolutely. That's my idea of snitching. Right. I think if you break somebody breaking my house. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, man. I you, should you. be able to call the police. If somebody <laughs> robs me or if oh, I get yeah. shot, I should be, there should be nothing wrong with me saying, hey, oh, yeah. This is what yeah. happened. Yeah. And report I mean, it to yeah. the authorities. That. Oh, that, absolutely, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm like you, you know, to me, snitching is something that if you and I make a conscious decision that we're going to both involve ourselves in this. I get caught. You don't. Now the next thing you know, I done drove your whole name into the situation. Now you, now you rat. You rat me out. You snitches. But if you come and bust me across my head with a baseball bat, and I live through it, yeah, absolutely. If I can remember your your identity and your uh the way that you look, I'm giving them the play by play. Exactly. That's not snitching. That's not. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I think people got it twisted. You know, like the whole. Don't talk to the police. Listen, as much as I disagree with the police officers and as far as like their extreme tactics, the one thing I will say, we do need them. Imagine a world with no police. Like, it'd be crazy. It'd be mayhem. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. We probably got like another 15 minutes uh, conversation. And I really want to, uh, I really want you to jump into this one here, right? Because me and my brothers, we, we have this thing. Um, about chicken wings. <laughs> right? Right. I don't believe, I believe boneless wings are just chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I can't do that, bro. I'm, 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 yeah, I can't do that. I just got offended by even you saying that, but go ahead. Yeah, so he, he tells me, like, Ryan, and when you hear this, Ryan, you, you already know what it is. But he tells me <laughs> that boneless wings are wings. And I said, no, the only way you have a boneless wing is if you take the bone out and then you eat what's around it. I said, what you're eating, these boneless wings, are nothing more than glorified chicken nuggets. That's it. That's it. Agreed. 101%. As far as I'm concerned, boneless wings didn't even be for adults. Those should be for, <laughs> for the kids. As far as I'm concerned, man, you can't call yourself no, no full-grown man and you eating a bone. Don't come around me eating no boneless wings. That's a, that's a meat patty. What you doing? And you know, like, like, and for Ryan's defense, like, ever since he's been little, he's never eaten meat off the bone, right? Right. Like, he has, a, he doesn't like it. It, it he has, a, it's mental for him. Right, right, right. So I get it, but don't come and tell me that boneless wings are wings. No, those are chicken nuggets uh-huh. covered in sauce. Yeah, exactly. That, that's all it is. All right. It's just five uh, chicken nuggets. Yeah, man. Uh, and also, uh, let me ask you, let me ask you this question here, right? And, I, and and I've been trying to get people's opinion on on this. And I, I I posted this picture on Facebook, so you know those little peanuts, the little candy peanuts. They, Which one? They orange. I don't know. I ain't never ate them. I just look at them and throw them away when I used to get them. But they're <laughs> orange peanuts. Like people, they were talking about uh, candy corn. Like ca- candy corn ain't that bad, but them little orange fluffy peanuts. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I know this. You, you're not talking about the ones that uh like got the candy around it, like the little candy shell, the candy thin shell with like the little little bump, little ridges on them. Nah, not those. Those good. I like those. Uh, okay, this is like a marshmallow type deal. I don't think I've seen those, bro. Ah, bro. Like when you when you go on my Facebook page and when you see it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like I I I, I promise you that. And do you remember those things called snow cones? It's like a orange, like a pink. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You like those? I, I can rock with the snow cones on a on a hot day. All right, gotcha, gotcha. 
trying to see what else. Oh, these things. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm checking you out right now. Yeah. These are peanuts. Yeah. yeah. Who the hell eat those? Not, not me. Not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to, I've been, I, I remember the first time I got one and I'm like, why did you, who, what is this? I don't, no. think, I don't think I even tasted it, but every so often I would get one when I went trick or treat. Man, you know what those things look, they look like, uh, you know, them, them erasers that we used to get in school. Them, yeah. Them, them, <laughs> those things look like to me, man, as erasers. Like, that. No, I have I have no use for them. yeah those those, <laughs> those things are, um I, I don't I don't get it I, I, I don't some, some things I just don't get just don't get now um let's see one other thing that we did no I think we actually covered everything so real quick real quick real quick all right if there was one fact to come back from the eighties or the nineties right give me one fact. That you you're welcome back, and give me another one that you just say leave it where it's at. Oh, leave them bicycle pants. Leave them bicycle shorts where they at. Leave them bicycle shorts where they at for the fellas. Leave them right there where they. <laughs> leave them right there, bicycle shorts with tie dye shirt. Leave them right there where they at, man. Yeah. You know, but we can we can ease them. Uh, we can ease the the, the Adidas wind suits. The with the with the stripes, not wind suits. But they were the uh, the Adidas jumpsuits from the eighties. Yeah. We could bring them back, or we could bring back the windsuit pants, like the white windsuit pants from the nineties. I could deal with them. Gotcha, gotcha. Let me ask you this question here. Um, so we say, mate, do you ever have a troop? Did you ever have any troop uh, windsuits or? Oh, absolutely. Man, I never did get them. Get them. Absolutely, yeah, man. My pops used to uh, keep me and my brother loaded up. Yeah, he used to bring them from uh, GQ High Style Fashions, man. man I, I wanted it so bad. My mom wouldn't buy them. <laughs> I, I was kind of bad too, so. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a reason why my mama normally get me anything I want, but I have a bag too, so some things right. I can't get. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about MCM? You had MCM? I, you just said the word. That was gonna be my next thing. If I was gonna say, oh, they could bring back the MCM fit, man. The MCM really used to go hard, hard, man. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, and I'm glad that the, uh, in my opinion, the shell to Adidas never went out of style. Yeah, but I, I gotta admit, they they are uncomfortable shoes. Yeah, they are. They are. I only had two pairs yeah. my whole life. I, I, last time I had a pair was like back in 2002. But you know what, though, man? You know, and a lot of people get shocked. I did not have my first pair of joints until I was 30 years old. Oh, wow. No, but I just never had an interest. Like, my mom used to ask me all the time when we were going to school shopping, like, you sure you don't want these? And da, 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 da. Like, they just never really caught my eye like that, man. And I know it might be some people that might boycott me for saying that, but <laughs> they just never really... Really caught my eye, man. I had my first pair when I was 30, and then I got a, my second pair last year. Okay. Which ones you caught last year? The Cool Grays last year. Okay. The 11s? I guess, bro. Like, I'm, I'm that out of touch with the Jays. Like, I couldn't even tell you, like, the numbers in the series and none of that. Yeah, you know they're the Cool Grays. Yeah, they're the Cool Grays that I got. Um, and then I just got some for my birthday recently. I'm sitting there looking at them now trying to figure out... <laughs> trying to figure out which ones they are um i had to send you a picture of them or something but yeah i, I just know they jays man but nah, i just never really you know i never really got into the to the jordan culture not because i had anything against it or whatever like it just never really it never called that fire in me like it do some guys gotcha let me ask you the question we're talking about jays uh when you watch did you watch the last dance i watched some of it i haven't watched all of it yet okay so when you start watching it did it bring back like 
I, it was real nostalgic to me. Like, I was like, oh my god, I remember when. Oh. This- Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's absolutely uh, nostalgia, man. All over that because the Bulls. I was a Bulls guy, you know, and I was a Jordan guy. Yeah, you know, so it, it takes me directly back to high school, man. I can remember, you know, um, Saturdays, Sundays, you know, just laying in my bed and not doing anything, you know, the whole weekend, just basing my whole weekend around what time the Bulls play. You know, I can't, I can't come to this get together because the Bulls playing. You know, or if I come over there, we got to watch the Bulls. Yes, sir. Yeah, like. Um like my brother, like I always try to like go against the grain. Like you'll, you'll be like, "What? You like Florida?" At one point in time, I, I rooted for Florida. I had a Danny Worth of jersey because everybody was rooting for um, Florida State, right? And, and I was trolling. I was like, I really didn't have a dog in the hunt, but uh, <laughs> I was trolling. I was really trolling because I was like, "Y'all didn't like Florida State until Charlie Ward got there." You didn't like, you know, like you weren't messing with Florida State. Um, but just to prove a point, and they, I think Florida actually had I Kill You then. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the squad, Rita, man. Anthony, yeah. Yeah, Rita Anthony, all the boys. Yeah. We had uh, Dexter Daniels, who was a linebacker from about Austin. Yeah. Back yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I, I, I was rooting for him. You, you won't uh, believe it now, right? No. You won't, you won't believe it now. Now, <laughs> see, you go to that annual Georgia-Florida game, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Me, personally, I have this, I have this thing. Well, I feel like if I go to the game, gonna be bad luck. Yeah, we gonna yeah. lose, or we gonna lose a Georgia gonna lose, or we gonna get a um, somebody gonna get hurt. And I don't care if we were playing Valdosta right State or Cortland Tech. Yeah, I'm the only yeah. game I'm going to is to the, the G Day. That's it. Well, I'm extending the invitation. If you feel like y'all gonna, you gonna be bad luck, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> trash can next to my dogs. I ain't like that. <laughs> I had to do it, man. It's only right. I know. It's, it's, getting, right. it's getting closer to the football season. So tell me. So, Absolutely. So what's what's your outlook on your Gators? This year? Oh, man, I think we're going to definitely um, compete. You know, I feel like, you know, as much as I hate to say it out loud and, and, and to have it documented, you know, I feel like you got, you know, you got Bama, you got Georgia, you got Florida. Um... And I feel like Kentucky and Tennessee might surprise some folks, yeah. you know. But as far as my Gators go, man, we 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 solid. Just to be honest, and that's not me speaking from a biased point of view. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any team in college football this year that has a better receiving core than than us. It's just like with Georgia, I can't think of any team that has a better stable of backs than UGA. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's just me being, you know, transparent and unbiased. You know, but as far as my Gators, man, I think we're going to, if it's a full season, I think we're going to make the playoffs this year. You okay. heard it here first. Okay. Now, they got to go through Georgia. Absolutely. So, now, 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 now here, here's my thing. Like, and, and I, you know, like I always tell people, I'm a fan. I'm not a fanatic. So, right. as, I, as I look at Florida through the unbiased, um, I like what you guys are bringing back. Lost, but you guys lost a lot, right? Um, especially on the defensive line, in the uh, in the uh, skill and some of the skill positions. So who's who, who are you looking to for to stepping up? I know Brenton Cox, who used to be a dog, is down there. He he's good. He just 
fell out of favor with Kirby, got in some little trouble. But right. who 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 who's going to be the standout players that, that you well, think? We, I'm looking forward to see what our boy Jacob Copeland going to do this year. That's that's really who I'm looking to have a breakout season. He started last year, you know, and he got some catches. Because, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a receivers guy, so I'm all into the receivers and what the receivers going to do. You know what I'm saying? But uh, and, our, and our quarterback, uh, a black quarterback that we got this year, you know, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that we don't have a quarterback controversy, man. Yeah. You know, because um, the guy that we had last year, man, he did his thing, you know. and Kyle Trask, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, Trask did his thing, man. So you got a lot of people, you know, this year that's saying that, you know, um, his backup is ready. And technically, yeah, he, he is. He's very ready to be the starter. And he got a lot of touches last year. You know, he was, he was rotating them in, rotating them out. Mullen was rotating, you know, uh, last season. So he he's good to go. But my thing is, in a situation like that, it's kind of like with the Fromm situation um, with, uh, with Justin Fields. You know, as, as much as I firmly believe that Justin Fields was clearly a better athlete, Fromm hadn't done anything to lose the job. Man, I've been saying that forever. Yeah, he hadn't done it. You can't just snatch him out because you because of your feelings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with Trez and our guy that we got back in the month from an athletic standpoint. Oh yeah, he's he's light years ahead of Trez. You know, but Trez hadn't done anything to lose that position. So yeah. you know, I'm just hoping that uh that um and I can't even think of his name off the top of my head and I hate that right now. But uh Emory Jones. Yeah, 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 Jones, yeah, Emory Jones. I'm hoping that he didn't um transfer then. That's my biggest Thing, you know, because if he transfers, I couldn't tell you who is behind him. Yeah, man. Like, I know it's uh, another. The one, the one thing I can say, and whenever he comes in the game, you know something's about to happen. Emory Jones. Yeah. I get excited. I, lo- I love to watch the kid play. And, I, and, yeah. I, and I'm with you on Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask didn't do anything to lose his job. And the one thing, and I don't know about you, but while I was excited to see Justin Fields, I even posted, yo, we got him. <laughs> right? Um, right. I still, for the life of me, could not understand why he chose to go to Georgia after the year Fromm just had. Oh, yeah. I mean, I said that. When I, when I first said that, bro, I got attacked because everybody was like, you know, you just speak because you're a gator. I was like, no, I'm speaking because he's not going to start. They're not going to pull Fromm for him. I don't care how highly touted this kid is. Fromm is the golden boy there right now. He's not coming off. He's not. He's not coming off the field, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. I did not understand that. I heard different stories. You know, people saying that it was his dad that pressured him to go there, because you know, initially it, it came down to Georgia and Florida. Yeah, but you know, you know initially he uh, committed to Penn State. Yeah, right, right, and right. And then he uh, said, "Hey, I want to go to Georgia, Florida." I thought, you know, what I thought he was going to land. Where that? I thought he was going to land at Florida State. Ooh, but that would have been my worst nightmare. Like, That'd be my absolute worst nightmare. Like I'm so serious because Florida State had a need for a quarterback, but I think that was around the time when I think it was Willie Taggart. Taggart was he there already? Yeah, yeah, yeah Taggart was there. Yeah, so yeah. Taggart kind of messed it up. And, what most people don't understand is that with me and, and UGA, I don't dislike UGA at all. I'm just not a dog fan. Yeah, Florida State. Oh, they can shut that school down right now. It would not interrupt my day. <laughs> that's who I hate. If you just want to, I hate is a strong turn. That's who I dislike a whole heap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel, I've always felt like they were overrated. 
you know, in, in this conference that they have just dominated, you know, since the, the 80s. And I've always felt like, you know, the ACC was just not the strongest conference in college football. And I felt like they were always ranked high because of Bobby Bowden. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Preseason. They, they, I don't care what kind of season Florida State had for the prior year, they're going to be ranked top five the next season. You know, I can't say I hate them because the only, the only recruiting visit I ever went on was to Florida State. Really? Yeah. Man, that's and this, and this is why I say, like, I hadn't I hadn't received a, a D one letter, that my my entire career, like my entire high school, but never received any D one one letters. Oh yeah. Um, I got one from Albany State. You know, the coaches from Valdosta State, they would come and talk to me. Uh, they even got one from Hampton, right? Um, but I get called in the office <laughs> to go and they say, hey, um. You know, can you can you make it to Tallahassee? I'm like, yeah. What what's going on in Tallahassee? You going to the Florida State game? I'm like, okay. Yeah, you and CJ gonna go? I'm like, oh, okay. They want CJ, but I'm there for the ride. <laughs> 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 right. But you know what was crazy is that they knew who I was, right? I was like, wow. You know, that's what's up, man. You know, saying you know you you playing out of position, but they knew who I was. I was happy. I got my little. I still to this day. I still got my little sticker, the ticket, and everything. That's what's up, bro. So like, but, I got but, a little bit of love for Florida State and Bobby Bowden. I just got. Uh, I have none, but uh, you know, back <laughs> back then, man. Back then, bro. Like you know how these kids nowadays, man. They they getting D one almost like a dime a dozen. It ain't even nothing to them. Know. You, know, you know what I'm saying? And back when we were coming up, it was super rare. You know, everybody was going to Georgia, uh, Georgia military, Middle Georgia. Yeah. You know, VSU, like those were the common places. Even if yep. you got a scholarship off of the Georgia Southern, that was a big deal big back then. Deal. Big deal. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that you, you know, even got invited to Florida State, because my recruiting trip consisted of VSU and Savannah State. I wish I would have took the one at Savannah State, but to be honest, who I wanted to offer me back then was the University of Kentucky, believe it or not. Yeah, because, uh, matter of fact, man, Kentucky came down. They got Willie Garrett, Dusty Bonner. Right. They signed CJ, CJ Lofton, Mars Lane. Um, oh. Sweet P ended up going up. So they came down and got some talent. Yeah, yeah. That's where I wanted to go, man. That's where my heartbeat was set up. Even though I was I was full-fledged Gator boy. Yeah. But I would go to the U.K., man, because they had the air raid attack there. You know, and I knew Dusty was going, Willie was going. You know, I knew some guys from was going. So that's that's really, but I'm gonna tell you, um, I hadn't taken my SAT in time enough. By the time the day was ready to offer, oh, for real, yeah, man. So wow. it is what it is. You live and you learn, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, like I, I tell this. This is why I, I, I try to tell people that today's kids have so so much of an advantage because they get so much exposure without, right. you know, like you don't have to. Back then, the, your exposure was what the coach gave you. Or yep. what was written in the newspaper. Oh. If you won like me, I, I can't even sit here and lie and a lot a lot of it was me, my attitude, right? Uh-huh. I wasn't Milk's favorite. Right. right. I I just put myself in a position where they, they had to play me. They couldn't bury me on the depth chart. <laughs> right. And I made I made some plays. So Boosters was like, Hey, why you ain't playing this guy? It, it, I, I went from not starting to just learning how to play linebacker to now they calling me out with the starters, you know. But, like, if I hadn't known then, and I tell kids this all the time, your attitude 
you yep. got all the talent in the world, but if your attitude is trash, lose, lose, bro. You gonna lose. You are going to lose. Yep. And so <clears throat> that's that that's that's always been my story. Um, my my attitude. I, I, hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, definitely. But, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different, you know, choices and decisions and approaches that I would, you know, make nowadays just because of hindsight, bro. Yeah. And you know what else I would have did? I probably would have played baseball. Took baseball almost seriously. I'm going to get you started on what I should have and could have did with baseball because that's a whole can of worms that you open it up uh, with, <laughs> with me. That would be right up Nick Johnson alley. Nick Johnson, he, he, he's still... He still be on my back, man, about uh my little baseball situation, man. I ain't gonna sit here and say that I was Ken Griffey Jr. or nothing, but I'm I'm one hundred percent sure at the least I could have gone semi pro. Dude, uh, like, I remember uh I think you Evelyn and Dwayne was all on the same baseball team. Yeah, we were. And man, and I remember uh 'cause I wasn't playing baseball but my younger brother was playing. I remember watching y'all game and y'all was just killing whoever it was. Yeah. Yeah, man, like, you know, uh from from too bad up. You know, uh, we played play ball together, man. He, baseball just came natural for me. And then I'm left-handed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I hit left-handed. You know, I was pitching, you know, for a little while. Mm-hmm. Left-handed. You know, so that would throw a lot of people off, man. But I was just a natural at baseball. Like, I, I didn't have to put any effort into it. No no nothing. No real training. I just understood the sport. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, like we were talking about football earlier, you know, especially – in Van Alster, in the city of Van Alster, you know, football, once you hit a certain level, football is gospel. Yeah. You know, so I basically put the baseball down and picked football up, and it crushed my mama's heart for years. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Like, I was, yeah, so I get it. Yeah, but you know you know who else was, a, um, we're going to end it on this one, he talk about baseball, but Ashley Henderson was a beast on the diamond. Really? Man, I remember this kid... He he was he had to be like in the seventh or eighth grade. This is how this like I first heard of Ashley Henderson Henderson and was introduced to Ashley Henderson at the boys club, and I, I watched this dude come up and like it seemed effortless <laughs> take him yard on the big field at the, at the boys and girls club like so easy. In fact, I remember uh, Terrence Holson though. Ran into the um, the fence. Um, yeah, they, they ain't yell fence for him. <laughs> and he ran right into it, running after that ball, which it was just yeah. like, nah, bro, you ain't getting that one, let it go. Um, I I, um, I came up playing with Tim Drew. Yeah. That's who I came up playing with, Tim Drew, man. That was like my best friend back then, you know. And that was another monster that y'all had over there. Like, Tim, man, it's like when you – that's the one person that – I, I couldn't hit. I never hit Tim. Zero zero times I hit Tim. Zero times. Wow. I, um, I remember I stepped in the batter's box one time. Just, you know, I said, I, I, I can hit it. He he threw it. He gave me three, two pitches. The first one, I hit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, you ain't got nothing, but he ain't really have nothing on it, right? And he was like, yeah. all right. <laughs> he, he, he said, all right. You see him shake his head? I said, yeah, come on, man. So I, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm talking. I'm like, I'm Ken Griffey. Y'all just don't know about it. You know, I'm talking. And he threw it. I promise you, all I saw was his hand go forward and pop. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, you got this. Let me get out of here. Yeah. 
Yeah, all I saw was his hand come forward, and just, I couldn't see the ball. Like, I did not see the ball. That's how hard he threw that ball. Yeah, man, Tim had that pure gasoline, I'm telling you. Yeah, man, Tim Tim drew. Uh, and uh, he, 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 he moved back, didn't he? No, nah, Tim's, uh, oh, man, I, I want to say he's out in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's like you, are, a, you are right. J.D. moved back. Listen, man, you got anything else you want to shout out um, before we wrap this up? Ah, man, you know, shout out to you, you know, for having me on your show. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and letting me come on here, you know, and voice my opinion, you know, on, on on your platform, man. And I look forward to having a continued conversation with you. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, shout out to you and what you got going on. Let's just build upon that. Oh, yeah, man. Like I said, if I got a platform, you got one. And, um, Absolutely. You know, so, also, uh, look, this is this is uh we got we got a very special guest on our next podcast as well and you and hopefully you'll be able to jump on with us um but we got a very very special guest and i'm gonna hold it just follow us on instagram facebook and you will see who that guest is gonna be but with that being said don't forget ltstogies.com am i right Yes, sir. www.ltstogies.com, man. We got all the smoke that you want, man. Come and indulge in the culture with us. All right. And also, listen, don't forget to check out uh, the longtime friends of the podcast. We got the Blended Beauty over on Instagram, Tracy Thompson Insurance Agency, and LaShonda Wells. Listen, if you're trying to build your brand, reach out to LaShonda Wells. You can find her on Instagram, and she'll help you get your website together. And listen, just do it. Trust me on this one here. So with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. This is the Beard Always Wins. This is your boy, Amar Rashad. We got Joseph Moore. And remember, the Beard Always Wins. It's a movement. It's a lifestyle. But more importantly, it's a podcast. God bless good people.